Hey folks, welcome to our latest episode of Red Shirt Ramble. Today we will be talking to Combined Arms producer and creator Terralian. From Old Blood and Guts, we are joined by Mac Taggart, Penguin, and Dr. Doctor. So let's jump right in. So how did you get into this? Um, good question. Um, I'd say it was around about, uh, it was back in May. Uh, yeah, I think about May 2016. I just joined the Star Citizen community a couple months before. It might have been a bit of, um, there was a project getting worked on by someone who used to work at Crytek, or they might still work there, I'm not sure. Um, that was the Lord Inquisitor project that they were making in Film Engine. Or it might have been, a you know, it's a sort of version of CryEngine. And I thought, you know what, it'd be really cool if I could create something to, to you know, sort of make some cool content. So I actually joined, um, not joined, but I started contributing to INN for a little bit, making sort of like sting videos and stuff and i thought it'd be really cool if i could have like a 3d sort of you know video thing going on with like a you know some stars that isn't assets so i tried CryEngine out had a bit of fun with it and then just from there things just kind of picked up was it hard to learn the cry engine or did you have some experience with that before it was a nightmare it's a very aptly named engine i'd say <laughs> so what was difficult about it uh specifically it's just elements that you weren't used to seeing um i think it was it's generally most of it bottles uh, boils down to uh, sort of compatibility issues uh, so i started out with CryEngine 5 um, which was good i mean in terms of tech and everything but it was incompatible with um star citizens animations so i could not play any character animations uh no ship animations none of that was working which obviously doesn't you know doesn't really work too well kind of everyone in t poses uh so i Ended up having to switch to CryEngine, a really obscure version, uh, 3.8.6. Um, and from there, I managed to get things working. Um, and generally, that sort of pops up again uh, quite a lot of the time. Um, I mean, I've had to, the assets I use are generally older ones from Star Citizen, from 1.1.2, etc. I can't use anything from the live build, can't use new character assets or anything like that. Um, so that generally tends to be the biggest issue we deal with. So was there a point where you said, Hey, you know, I could I could create something really awesome here. How did you go about looking for team friends and you know folks to to help you get this started? Um, so the first project I did was We Are Star Citizens, and uh, that was entirely solo. Except for some voice actors I picked up, um, just on that was over on Reddit on Record Me, um, and they were excellent. You know, fun to work with, but I didn't really get to chat with anyone except for Mac from Mac Incorporated. Um, I don't remember how I got in touch with him. It might have been on Reddit or something as well. But aside from that, first project came and went, and uh, I was still just working by myself. The second project, Omega Team, I got a team together, you know, put up a casting call, and uh, the actors I had were, like, you know, dedicated. We had her Discord set up and everything, um, and that was a lot of fun, but we just felt the project was a bit out of reach um, for, for my skill level and early on. From there, though, the, the current team I'm working with, uh, Little Armada, it's, we're definitely going to be a permanent thing. So I don't know, we just kind of clicked, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Awesome. So how many uh, are in Little Armada? Uh, completely. I believe there are 32 of us. Oh, wow. Yeah, big number. Um, that's including voice actors, uh, anyone that's helping. Basically, anyone that helps out with the project, I just invite them to the team, because that's just how we roll. You know, anyone who... Let's say they they draw a nice picture for us, and you know we're going to put that on a computer in the in the video. Then welcome to the team. That's pretty awesome. So how many of uh, the team actually play Star Citizen? Most of them, all of them, um, a few. Not as many as you'd expect. A lot of our voice actors don't because they came from casting call. But some of the other um, contributors, 
uh, or some of the voice actors were from the Star Citizen community. The rest, um, you know, our UV artist, our composer, our audio engineer, they're all from the community. So I'd say maybe maybe eight to ten of us is my guess. Have you thought about firing them unless they play? Absolutely. No, we're trying to um, we're trying to adopt them into the world, um, even if that means you know shuffling some Aurora pack. Which is around. Uh, we'll make it happen. We'll awesome. convert them. Has, yeah. has working on it uh, really got their interest in Star Citizen with all the you know the finished product? They see it and it's like this is an interesting game to play. Um, they do. They ask a lot of questions about the game. Um, you know the kind of stuff you do in it. Is it pay to win? <laughs> um, you know that sort of thing. Um, and so we get to spread some information around. Um, and they've come to sort of like you know ask questions about the law with um, stuff we're dealing with. And uh, yeah, I think they've definitely thanks to the project a lot of them have sort of clicked to it so literal armada production company do do you guys do anything else i mean is there uh, plans for the future considering your success so far um anything else no we haven't worked on anything else yet um as for the future we've still got part two will be releasing reasonably soon not going to give any dates uh, but reasonably soon Uh, and part three after that is definitely what we're already planning getting things together for it uh, after that, though, we, I don't want to like you know look too far down the line, um, but we'll definitely be working on something else as well. Have you been really happy with success so far? I mean, uh, people just went crazy when you released that first episode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've been always sharing the nice comments to the team, and everyone always gets pumped and excited. Honestly, just like sitting down and reading some of the comments, it's, it's like it's it's touching. So, what was the biggest surprise or or you know, overall challenges you kind of stepped into the the combined arms video that you know surprised you when you when you got into it. So sort of problems I didn't expect or that sort of thing. Yeah, I just yeah. Um, there was quite a few. I think the biggest, the first and foremost one was the Idris. Um, I knew there was a gray box model, um, but I didn't expect that it'd be some like some significant issues with it. Um, so putting it together was fun. Um, getting it working. And everything, but I actually had to for the first time learn 3D modeling uh, to really get it, you know, working properly. So I had to take away the um, the rear door of it and lower that so it was deployed. Um, I had to take off the landing gear and everything. Um, yeah, just generally getting things like that working, uh, working with larger ships that I haven't before was probably the harder part. Let me follow up then. How many new skills did you have to, I guess, learn and develop as you? kind of started the project out to when you finished i definitely say a lot um so everything from sort of learning new audio techniques um fortunately like seriously he's a godsend my friend a uh, hybrid um he's been helping out with uh audio engineering so creating the sound effects for me to use for the video um which has been absolutely like that's just the biggest help in the world um, but learning how to, you know, sort of create some more comprehensive uh, sound effects, like, for example, the pirate leader, Captain Kenny, he has like that kind of cool voice modulator. So spending a lot of time tweaking and playing with different effects to get that. 3D modeling, obviously, I like that. Fortunately, I'm now at university and learning it, you know, properly as a full-time thing. And I'd say I had to create a lot of particle effects from scratch as well, which was another thing. So then is this kind of, you say you learned this at university, is this kind of the direction that, that you're thinking you want to go in, in professional life is is to get into absolutely yeah um so i'm learning film vfx at university um which is basically focusing on more on sort of pre-rendered videos like this one um but i really want to work on more active and live cinematics so for stuff like squadron 42 for example is a great example that's awesome uh when's your plans on automating a vendor 
Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh God. Um, we we haven't even found the Ariga. I mean, sooner or later, I'm going to have to do the job myself. I feel like we just we haven't had much luck with it. Um, but yeah, we haven't even managed to rig humans yet. I probably couldn't even rig a puppy. Do any of the folks from um, RSI or CIG, I mean, after seeing this, have they sort of reached out to you and try to form any dialogue? Is is people on the team saying, "Hey, I going back to the vandal. Hey, this is how you would animate it," kind of thing? Um, no, I haven't been in touch with anyone from CIG, RSI, like nothing official um, in terms of you know anything I worked on. Um, I've been in touch, you know, briefly for stuff like uh, when they did the MVP segment, you know, obviously they want to know how many people were in the team, uh, how long it took us to do it, just simple questions like that. Um, but nothing, nothing major. So in the game itself, uh, what do you plan to do? Do you have a specific career choice or? Uh, definitely freelancer. I, I just kind of want to chill out, you know, hang out with friends, travel the stars, explore places, that sort of deal. If I had the assets and the opportunity, I would make a more sort of firefly orientated show uh, after combined arms it's just i don't know i love that sort of thing so exploration seems to be at the top of your list yeah probably exploration jumping between jobs whatever has to be done to to get by god the vandal terrify me so uh i guess that means you're not going to participate in uh, the huge rush in the vandal space i might film it that's that's all i'll say i'll just film it, <laughs> film uh, it. i imagine honestly i'm putting money down that the, the uh, the human players will get absolutely demolished. Like goodbye, wiped out. Yeah, we've uh, we've, joked, <laughs> <laughs> we've joked around on several <laughs> podcasts that we're not even going to jump into combat ships for that. We're just going to follow them around and salvage ships and just <laughs> pick up stuff and bring it back to our base. Reliant Tana. Yeah, just grab grab all the goods and uh, watch the show. The humans have no chance. Well, I, I think um, in order to have that event go really well. They have to give the humans a bit of a chance, right? So it's like any piece of drama. Your your main character gets into a mess and they kind of get out of it. And in this case, I think they're not going to make it out of it. But hey. I, I think they're going to wave victory in front of them. By They're going to show up and it's only going to be a couple hundreds and glaives and maybe a single driller. And then right when it looks like the humans are going to win, you're going to have a kingship show up up and everyone's going to realize just how fucked they are. Agreed. I mean, they won't have um, a Bengal carrier at their side. The largest ship they'll have is a Javelin, I believe. So Kingship nah. will just dwarf it. Um, even a Javelin, because this is something that's happening at launch, Javelins won't be armed. As we'll have access True. to is an Idris M. Yeah, we have a few Javelins. And that's the just, thing. They're not going to be ready. Even yep. if the UEE shows up with a Bengal, um, a, a Bengal can't defeat a kingship because a kingship is way larger and way more powerful than a Bengal. Exactly, yeah. As you can tell, Penguin really likes uh, the Vandal conversation. But yeah, I mean, we'll see where it goes. I mean, um, with all this time to plan uh, and all those hopes for the event, I'm sure it'll be awesome. Yeah, agreed. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, especially for people with reclaimers. So once uh, there are more assets available for the game, uh, does that make the kind of stuff that you do easier? I mean, once this travels along obviously you mentioned some issues with the idris gray box so obviously once that ships in the game and maybe an episode of squadron 42 is released those things become a bit easier for you right um for the idris yes that specific case um i'm hoping it'll it'll get a bit easier um, well probably not easier but it'll get it'll look better in the final product the problem is well basically the smaller ships aren't as hard i've done a couple of videos on stuff like well i mean on the carrick and the, 
and the Terrapin and on the Prowler because they're just a single mesh, like they're not uh, complicated pieces. But the multi-crew ships, they tend to have an insane number of, of pieces. For example, the Caterpillar, which I actually, I gave up on getting it into, into CryEngine. It was just a bit too much for my computer to handle. Um, even now, it, it basically just locks it up. Uh, is about 103 different pieces. Um, so my friend Zenthor, he's been helping out the project a huge amount. He ended up going through, uh, taking it apart, piecing it back together. And at the moment, I can't get it into the engine on my own in, you know, like in separate pieces with the interior, but I have managed to get the exterior in. So I imagine a ship like the Idris in its full multi-crew sort of uh, broken into different pieces and view areas is going to be a bit too much to, to easily work with, but the exterior we can definitely implement. As for characters, still the same as it is right now. Uh, we can't implement stuff without having uh, a proper new rig set up for them. Uh, and even if we do get that done, we'll have to create all our own animations from scratch, which we do through motion capture. It'd just be like a, a base by base sort of thing. We won't have a library of animations or whatever. But yeah, same sort of deal. Um, anything that moves or is insanely complex is very hard to get into the into the engine. I know we were talking about this earlier, but so the the new the new camera angles and all the new modeling in Star Citizen you really can't use, correct? Uh, pretty much. I'm not sure precisely what the issue is. More re recently, they've they've made more changes that I've I've been able to more easily notice and sort of say, ah, okay, that's why I won't go in. Um, but some of the older stuff, uh, even if it was in the same format. Uh, a .cgf file. Sometimes it just it does not it doesn't work in the current CryEngine version that I have. And you said you could really tell a difference between <laughs> stuff that you pull from the the game itself and then stuff that you create within the CryEngine. Yeah, they're using some file formats I haven't seen before, um, and a couple of the techniques like they have um, I can't remember the exact word for it, like a sort of a voxel sort of thing. So obviously they're using physics grids and all sorts of um, other stuff that. Uh, without the code and everything I can't use in CryEngine. Like, I can't have a, a physics grid set up on my ship and actually have AI moving around it. Um, but, yeah, it's it's pretty obvious to notice the difference. Um, whereas in CryEngine, most of the assets, are, they're, they're by themselves. For example, like a Humvee is a Humvee. It's just a simple, single animated entity. Whereas a, a Starfarer, for example, is built of hundreds of different pieces. Just going back to the animation quickly, you said you guys use um, motion capture. Have you played around with that yourself, or do you have specific people that do all that? Um, we haven't done motion capture yet. Um, ah. I have a good understanding of how we could, uh, working with our own skeleton. Um, the equipment is very expensive, um, and it's one of our Patreon goals, which we're close to reaching. Um, but at the moment, no, we haven't been able to do it. I'm assuming that'll be fun. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Someday, someday. So obviously this is a, a wonderful start to a potential career. I mean, you're building a body of work here and um, I don't know, you've, you've gotten quite a bit of attention. I mean, doesn't it feel good to, to see all of this hard work and interest and passion? Obviously you have a passion for this stuff. To see it to come to fruition and make something of itself, you know? Yeah, it's 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 kind of, I guess, um, humbling almost just from from the some of the early videos I worked on, um, obviously they they weren't very good, um, and so very very duly uh, deserved uh, feedback was given. It was kind of maybe it was discouraging, maybe it was kind of like, all right, this is what I got to work on. Um, but the thing I've enjoyed the most is knowing that everyone that I'm working with is now has a 
a unified product that they can put out there to their name and say, hey, like, you know, I, I was a voice actor in this project or I worked on the UV art for this, this custom ship and stuff like that um, is really nice that so we all have something we can now sort of um, put on resumes, put on art station, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's definitely part of it. I mean, uh, to become really good and have talent in those kinds of fields, your first couple outings are going to be, you know, subpar, you know, uh, and I think it's an important for anybody that wants to specialize in a certain skill to not get discouraged that first or second try, because obviously the more you hang in there, the more you learn at it, and then the better team that you put together, you know, obviously you can create great things. And I think you're a wonderful example of that. I mean, from what I've seen so far, it's just been awesome. And everybody in this organization just really looking forward to the next episode, you know? Um, I mean, I've, I've been working on it daily, um, insane hours <laughs> put into it, um, which is good because, I mean, the crew is so, so motivated for this. Um, and we're all really like, we've seen what the public thinks of it now. Um, earlier on in part one, uh, there came a point where I said, look, guys, we're not going to get everything we want done in this short video. How about we break it into three parts and we focus on each one with more like fidelity, more attention. And it also means we'll get the public to have a first look at what we're working on and give us some feedback. Uh, and yeah, I'd say that was a, a, a very good investment. So now that we know what, what people think of it, um, you know, we can refine on those parts. If anyone does have any questions about the, the second part, um, I could answer those. I'll avoid spoilers, of course, but I'm always happy to, I mean, my God, uh, during the first part, I spoiled so much on Twitter. I just, so I couldn't help myself um, <laughs> sharing pictures of the Idris and, you know, of things that were going to happen. No, but I, I always try to be open with uh, what I'm working on because that means anyone else who wants to work on sort of similar stuff gets a bit of a visual into how it goes together. And I got a question. How did you came up with the story, with the scenario for... I'd say the story's been a bit of a... a bit of a, um, Not a clutch, but kind of like a... It was holding us back at first because what I did was... I basically intended this to be a short five to ten minute film uh, based on the Omega Team series. That was how the project started out. That's what it was going to be. And so the story was a simple guys are attacking, you know, a couple of Marines, a couple of aircraft, and then a couple of outlaws. Um, but that sort of, as it as it grew, I really like came to love the project and love the team and everything. And I wanted to see it be a success. So we, we sort of expanded the story. Um, and this is kind of a problem that we're going to have to continue to deal with, um, is expanding the backstory for everything. So we have what I think is an, an excellent story behind all the characters and why they're doing what they're doing. Um, it's not like as simple as, you know, oh, they're attacking, boohoo, let's send, you know, ships. Um, but being able to expand on that, expand on the more interpersonal stuff, even just animating it becomes really difficult. For example, I mean, I won't touch up on any of it in details, but, you know, there's a, there's a scene uh, in, in the past we wanted to show where a character is getting broken out of prison um, on Art Corp, and you can't really show that quite as well. Like, you know, having someone, you know, just animating that whole scene, having the assets for for a prison, for, for guards and all that kind of stuff gets really difficult. Right. So at the very least, I mean, having a spinoff where you can start to dive into the backstory of these characters. I mean, that, that obviously seems like a possibility now, right? Yeah. And some of my friends have even suggested writing it as kind of like a series. Um, I think they did a similar thing with Halo. Um, and I didn't actually like that because when I went in to play the new Halos, there was some stuff that happened in the plot that I didn't fully understand because it was expanded on in other content. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's a bit frustrating. And because of how short our thing is, I don't want to have like a massive sprawling, oh, you didn't read this part, or you know, no wonder you don't ex- understand the, the next 15 minutes. I guess, yeah, branching off into other stuff is a possibility. Uh, but even then, um, it's going to be hard to work on. So in your Star Citizen play experience, have you ever logged in and messed around a little bit in Arena Commander or something like that in the PU and thought to yourself, hmm, that could give me an idea for episode three or something like that. Is there anything there that, that gets inspired by your gameplay or is it just, you know, you, you've had these ideas and taking a step back, you knew what you were going to do? Uh, that's such a tough question. Um, perhaps some stuff I've seen, for example, on the Starfair, you know, like crawling through the vents of it and sort of climbing up, you know, those ladders in the maintenance area. It seems really unique and cool. Like, cause obviously you're in a ship that's moving through space and doing that kind of stuff feels like you're, you know, like sneaking into the ship and everything, even if you, you know you're a proper member on board and so i kind of i wanted to have some stuff like that you know a character sneaking aboard uh, one of the enemy ships unfortunately it just kind of like sort of slipped it's a bit too complex to put together and get working there will be in part two uh, a firefight that takes place on a ship unfortunately it's much more simple in terms of um animating than it is to do in a live physics engine so there will be well, i mean yeah there will be um the ship moving while stuff is happening on board it properly animated the ship's actually moving through space um yeah it'll be cool very cool so any huge cliffhangers we can expect in episode two absolutely (laughs) uh most i won't leave anyone hanging on like you know any subplot stuff that you know just like oh we want to know what happens with this and that um to the extent where it's kind of frustrating uh i will make sure that this feels like a complete product like it won't feel like oh you know i've been cheated out they've cut off it you know a point we don't want them to but the ending will definitely be open to the third part very thoroughly so if you had anyone um in star says when you do log in people don't come after you and try to shoot you do they <laughs> saying saying no, oh i don't no. like the way you ended this episode i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna let you up fortunately no i don't play much starmering because of my ping it's it's got awful it's a good excuse for being terrible at it but you know but in the pu um actually across quite a few games when we first released um i was kind of shocked by how popular the first release was um everyone was kind of like well people like really genuinely like us that's pretty awesome and yeah there's a couple of people in both titanfall uh in star, uh, star citizen just in the pu and stuff um and they picked up on us they, they knew the name and then we're like oh you you worked on that um, that video, didn't you? Um, I was like, yeah. So that's cool. Fortunately, no one's tried to assassinate me for it. So, you know, that's a plus. Okay. So, guys, uh, you know, if we ever see him in the PU, we should give him his uh, his first try. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Honestly, like, it's uh, it was so great to see someone put the time and effort into something like that and have a passion for the game. And it's um, it was just a benefit to the community in general. And uh on behalf of, of our community, you know, we just like to thank you for, for putting forth that effort. It's awesome. Yeah, no, thank you guys. It's been amazing. Like, seriously, I, I spend a lot of time screenshotting comments and sending it over to the team. They're like, oh, that's awesome. Like, you know, just someone says, like, this is the coolest thing or, you know, just anything. It's it's really nice to see. You know, in, in Star Citizen in general, the, the passion for this game goes beyond just, you know, the game itself. I mean, essentially, there's an army of sci-fi nerds just, you know, yeah. <laughs> just ready to rip open this box that the game's in, uh, you know, uh, hypothetically speaking. And it's it's just it, it's just been an amazing experience, I think, for everybody involved. And, uh, yeah, do we wish it was out today? Of course we do. But, um but you know things things like you're doing in these kinds of projects make it easier to sort of abide that time for all of us, you know. 
Yeah, in the meantime, it's, it's really nice to be able to, to contribute. Showing a lot of the stuff I do, um, I always make sure it's important and it's it makes sense. But a lot of the stuff I do is um, because I know that the community really wants to see it. Like that Idris part, the end of the Idris enters the sort of the scene wasn't initially going to be in. It was going to be in the second part. But I thought, you know what? People are going to lose their shit if they see an Idris dropping out of Quantum. And uh, um, so, yeah, we'll be working on stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of things in part three as well that I know people will want to do in SARS. Yeah, we've included that. That's awesome. During the worst parts of, of animating, um, I, I tend to get fed up with whatever music I'm listening to because I'll put on something on repeat that's going to fit the scene. And if it takes too long to animate the scene, I'm like, you know what? I've heard this song 20 times. I hate it now. And yeah, I'll just switch over to the, the Blood and Guts podcasts. I can sing for you if you want. Dr. Doctor, would you like to do your That's... rendition of Barbie World? No. <laughs> it's a trick. It's a trick I question. I answer yes. <laughs> Well, thank you. That's, um, that's that's a compliment. I mean, uh, we I don't know if you've realized it or not, but we're really new uh, at a lot of that stuff. We we come originally from Eve Online. A lot of us. Uh, we had a big organization over there. We played for ten years, and uh, when Star Citizen came up, we started supporting it. Our community was really it's only a few months old, you know, and so was our yeah. channel. So just like you, we're we're learning as we go. Even I mean, the people that aren't followers of Star Citizen are super passionate about the the project not all of them obviously are going to come over to the game not all of them sort of like get into it but they definitely i can say everyone on the project is passionate about it so yeah um, um, maybe we can have a little event uh, episode two uh, maybe we can get together and all of us can jump in combat ships and chase you around a freelancer that would be comedic oh God. we can hold It'll you hostage you for me. some plot lines you know if we like a certain character maybe we can save them from death <laughs> do barbie girl <laughs> no please don't do that we'll just lock him in a ship with <laughs> Uh, sorry, part two. I think it's actually, it's probably my favorite part so far, is um, how long it is. Uh, so I sat down and I went through all the scenes. Um, we've got a writer on board for this one, so I've done the preliminary script. We're passing over to him, and he'll be refining it and making sure everything is 110% less cringy than when I do it. <laughs> but yeah, basically part two at the moment uh, is 17 and a half minutes long. And, you know, it's only been a month since, uh, oh, wow. a, a bit over a month now since we released the last part. And uh, I was on holiday about a week ago for a week. Um, so we've been working really fast, uh, which I think is great because that means we're going to have a longer product. We're going to get more uh, more content in that we wanted to work on, as in a scene that might have been a minute long and felt rushed. And we now get to sort of expand it. And all that has been is just a time investment. So just adding some extra time into animating scenes, sort of more camera angles and shots. I dread the next few weeks for our composer composing 20 minutes or so of, uh, of audio. But, you know, it's it's going to be good. That's awesome. So um, in terms of the composer, like everything's from scratch or do you guys? Yep. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Full soundtrack from scratch. All the audio is from scratch. Obviously, the wow. voices and stuff, uh, shots, everything. Uh, the only thing that's not from scratch is the assets. And even then, uh, a lot of it is obviously um, textures have changed, uh, some shader tweaking and stuff, stuff like, um, you know, Kenny's visor, the skull visor. Mm -hmm. um, and even then, we still continue to add more stuff. Uh, like, for example, I, I won't, because of the time consumption, I don't do this for everything. But, you know, if a character gets sort of shot through, you know, let's say they get hit in the side of the visor, um, I'll use alpha mapping to sort of change the material to have a hole in it and sort of add an emissive map so it's kind of looks like it's burning around the edges, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, 
we're continuing to work with new stuff like that. Yeah, uh, and some other stuff that it would be too spoilery to talk about, but looks pretty incredible. Oh, what a tease. I know. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time with the Bengal carrier and a community-based ship. May or may not be several times larger. Okay. He said Bengal carrier. I think two people in our channel here listening just had a heart attack. <laughs> Bengal. It's, uh, yeah, it's been fun to work with. <laughs> That's awesome. I could link a picture of some of the graphical fidelity added to it a blood and guts exclusive uh, i'm gonna pop this oh, you know i'll give you two that's it uh, the, oh by the way part two is going to be completely in 4k oh wow so that's obviously wow. the, the nose of an interest there oh explosions and things going pop <laughs> now nah, that's something i can get behind well it looks like the the railgun and the interest firing right correct that thing's gonna be awesome but it didn't shoot constellation we were uh, fortunate enough to pick up a few of the uh, idris m's so we have a few of those in our inventory with a spinal gun mount already in it. Oh, wow. What is uh, that? May or may not be the bottom weapon. Okay, see that little sort of black thing off to the left? That's a mm -hmm. bottom mount on the on the Bengal. That looks like There's a, the two a hornet. Cannons. That's that, a hornet ghost. That little it? thing off to the left is a hornet, uh, a yeah. wrecked hornet. Um, so for size comparison. Oh, jeez. Um, it's, it's about, I'd say about 30 meters away from, from the weapons. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's goddamn, it's big. See, everything I'm working with is to scale. Um, and I think the space station, uh, it might not look like it sometimes, but it is about, if I were to put the, the Bengal lengthways, it would still be several times larger. That's just amazing. The scale of the stuff in this game is just, you know, and to think that... mind-boggling. It is. And to think that so many folks are going to be running around inside the Bengal doing their own thing while the ship's moving and, you know, weapons are... are you know, thrashing into it and exploding. I mean, it's just this game. I mean, yeah. just uh, talking about raising the bar, uh, you know, there's no bar. I mean, you're just sort of raising to a mountain height uh, compared to everything else that we've played out there. I mean, other games that we've played in the past, we've played a lot of them, you know, from, from Eve to uh, Star Wars Galaxies, uh, obviously Elite Dangerous and stuff like that. I mean, nothing, nothing compares to the scale of this. Well, I mean, Stink, Bengal, 700 crew members let that sink in yeah it's pretty insane i am uh, it kind of it almost concerns me now and then i wonder how cig is going to do it but then i remind myself if anyone's going to do it it's going to be cig but just the collision calculations at all while that thing's moving i mean isn't that the the processing power and, and the engine uh the way that that uh it just it boggles the mind yeah, same. It's pretty crazy. Well, keep in mind, a ship as large as the Bengal is not going to be piloted manually by a player. It's going to have courses mapped into the um, flight computer, and it's going to fly itself. You're not going to see two people ramming into each other. Well, the crazy the thing Bengals. is, the Bengal isn't even the largest ship. I mean, the King ship is larger than the Bengal, and isn't there a, a Dreadnought that we've heard about, right? Uh, I'm willing to put good money on the fact that players will never get their hands on the super dreadnought the ue is building one um the retribution and there, there's rumors that it'll be destroyed at the, in the final mission of squadron 42 um episode uh, act one although even if it's not and that thing does reach universe um it's going to be the most heavily defended ue ship there is oh wow look at that yeah I, i'm kind of picturing at the end of squadron 42 it's kind of like you know bring out the capital ship like bring out uh, the um the super dreadnought and someone's like oh someone's actually nicked it so that's you know, obviously a, a bengal turning at some angle beside a caterpillar oh yeah yeah, yeah. 
the Caterpillar is a fair way away, but just seriously, the scale of this damn thing. The first time we actually saw really massive scale on this size, I mean, going back way back in the gaming was was Free Space and Free Space 2. That was the first time you actually had massive ships from a perspective of flying a, a fighter and having to attack them. But, you know, the other, it's a sense of awe as well. I mean, it's, you think back to, you know, the first time you saw uh, Star Wars New Hope and this massive Star Destroyer pulls over this Corvette, you instantly knew uh, who the bad guy was. You know, uh, don't catch the little uh, Corvette trying to get away. And and that's the kind of stuff that you see out of some of these Star Citizen ships. You know, you you look at the um, some of the larger Vandal craft, and you're just like, they're obviously not friendly. <laughs> you can just tell by looking at the thing. Yeah, aggressively structured ships. Yeah. Um, one thing I've noticed is um, in Star Citizen, with the assets we have currently, it is very hard to distinguish friend and foe. Um, so, for example, the Caterpillar, I've kind of like rugged it up a bit. Um, but for the for the enemy ships, there's not really much I have to work with. Um, so if I wanted to have, say, a... You know, obviously the Bengal is uh, not so friendly, as indicated from the end of um, part one. But having something like um, like that with escorts, there's not much beside the Caterpillar that I could really give it. Um, so I'd like to have had something like maybe a Polaris or something, uh, but it just didn't reach the, fide- uh, the fidelity that we needed for it. Assuming that for these kind of clips, the, um, the soundtrack and the kind of mood you set up while showing these ships would be fairly important, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it would take a lot of work, but I could I could have put an Idris with it and sort of, you know, messed up the texture and stuff, maybe put a dirt map layer over the top. But because it's grey box, it kind of looks a bit odd. It's almost as if it's being, like, escorted by, you know, UEE kind of people. Some of these images that you're showing, I mean, some really, this last one, really dramatic in... in perspective and, and composition is there someone that i guess as you're doing this and creating these and you're storyboarding and you want your angles and shots is there like directors or or people out there in the film industry that you're sort of following and you kind of take inspiration from or or films um the only time i've done that um most of the time i just kind of tend to to roll with it and see what looks nice to me what kind of feels nice and obviously what's in terms of you know the message being sent to the viewer like do you want a top angle for um oh, sorry a low down uh, angle facing up for like a intimidating character that sort of thing do you want to like you know very high field of view so that it increases the scale of a certain thing for example this bengal here has a very uh, very high uh, field of view even though it's a huge engine if you know you had a field of view of 60 it kind of looks a bit s- small because everything's kind of like you know in comparison to that station, that station is so large compared to it. Uh, if I zoomed out a bit, I'd still get, still be able to see the station, but not the not the Bengal. Yeah, no, just kind of rolling with it on my own. Um, it's kind of been it's a bit of a blessing and a curse. Generally, I enjoy the freedom of just working on my own in in a lot of stuff because uh, it means I get to build certain skills that if I had someone else working, you know, it'd be diluted a little bit. And I have brought on a couple of people to help out with certain things like. Um, uh, we have a new member who just joined the other day uh, who works on uh, a very large ship that we're going to be including. Um, I've got one texture artist who I've added to the team, uh, a graphic artist who kind of draws up cr- uh, concepts and stuff. Um, but for the most part, literally anything that's visual, I, I do on my own. It's daunting. But yeah, it's uh, I, I'm happy with the result. Yeah, it's fortunate 
and unfortunate that in December I started up at university and we had a month off. So I've just had time to really focus on this. I gave myself a goal to get it done before we started back up, which is in two days. And yeah, cut it a bit too bit too close. I probably won't get it done in a day or two. Still got like, I don't know, five, six minutes of footage to actually produce. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for joining us for our latest episode of Red Shirt Ramble. The audio is available on SoundCloud through the links below. And also, of course, we have the video here. Feedback welcome as always, and see you folks in the verse.